guys. Uh, this is Mike Pidande. And this is Will Pyle. We're doing uh, Find Your Purpose and uh, we're trying to explain it, explain the meaning of it. And uh, yeah. Theory of BF Skinner is a theory that's based on learning and the function of change in overt behavior. Changes in behavior are the result of someone's response to events that occur in their own environment. Over the years, I've seen that most things we do and grow to become are usually set years before our existence, and the things around us affect us a great deal. contract between the Amish um, society and uh, the greater American society and I was just kind of trying to put myself in there the, um, so I'd like 18 in the Amish community you have zero percent of getting a car I mean even if you're older you still have a zero percent of getting a car versus almost a hundred percent at least 90 percent of getting a car if you're 18 um, in, in the American society uh, but one thing that's quite funny is that uh, the average age of marriage in the U.S. is about 29 to 30. But uh, the best thing about the Amish is you get married at like 20 years old, so that's quite good. We interviewed Ms. Olson and Mr. Thompson, both teachers at Prep, to see their opinions on the topic. So I do think that our surroundings, our experiences affect who we think we are. Um, I'm very indebted to this idea of mimesis that um, several people have come up with, but especially Rene Girard. And he really talks about the way we come to know ourselves is by reacting to what we experience from other people. I think that it's really impossible to know who you are without watching who other people are. I think oftentimes we meet people and we say, I wanna be like them. But we also meet people and say, I don't want to be like them. And I think that combination of experiences shapes who we become. Um, I think uh, the degree, like how we allow things around us to kind of determine how we think of ourselves is huge. Um, it's, in a lot of ways, it's unfortunate, right? Thing, things like pressure from social media or things that really uh, shouldn't impact our concept of self, uh, but unfortunately they do. Uh, we tend to um, kind of focus a lot on uh, external influences rather than kind of in our own minds, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so I do, I think it has a pretty big uh, impact on that. I would guess that when one is born, their minds are usually dumb. But honestly, we only call them dumb because they don't know what we know. Only thing that seems to be redundant to me is humans in this society. We always want to say just how unique we are, but in a true sense, we magnify a very non-unique perspective of ourselves. I can claim that everyone that I've met, or almost everyone, is yet to surprise me. We all seem to display the same nature. We all walk the same way. We mostly have the same daily routines. We all have the same style, except for my look. Even the haircuts we get are redundant to a point that it's weird to call barbers creative humans. Or maybe we're the ones who 
lost the sense of being amazing. Uh, yes, well, uh, and I like your slick work. Uh, we mean to show, by this, we mean to show the classical conditioning to our minds and the fact that everything in our environment creates this. From a young age, uh, your brain starts building. Our society teaches you to be human, or I should say the definition of being uh, human. Uh, it's called life. One example that could be said is the fact that everyone my age usually tries to work hard to create a future for themselves and a family. Well, if there's one on their mind, which is most people, say in three years, I could see myself possibly having five kids and a wife. Who knows? Uh, one of the most common questions today is, um, what's my purpose in life? I think there's a couple of things about purpose to be understood. Uh, one is that if you sit down and do nothing, the universe will create a, a purpose for you. Second one is uh, you can decide and... Uh, Create a purpose for yourself. Uh, this will be the things that the things you do, the actions that you take, and uh, the de decisions that you get to make will convey your purpose. And um, one thing that I came to find is that your purpose will have to be created every day. Every day you'll have a you'll, you'll have a chance to create a purpose, and uh, as you grow and change, that purpose will will will, will also have to change with you. Um, a, li a good life life relations is uh, politics, I think. Uh, si since I was young, politics was always quite important. Uh, living in, in a destabilized country, politics became important. And uh, actually understanding them was quite imperative. Uh, but, and when I came here three years ago, I was quite fascinated by how the politics run. I pretty much loved everything about politics here. But in like the last three months, my intake in politics has changed. Um, I don't even find any importance in it. And I, I actually find it to be one of the dumbest things human is constantly creating. But um, at the same time, I could be very, very wrong. Hey, Will, look at my face. Do I even look like I care? No, you definitely don't care. One thing you can't forget, though, is that there are established independent variables. These are options that life gives you, and with these independent variables, it's possible to create more options for yourself, which are the dependent variables. Uh, a good way to think about this is like, um, if I have water and uh, I pour it into, in, into your hands, Will, um, but then I take that water back, what are you left with? Uh, wet hands. Uh, and how, how do we define wet? Uh, I define it as not water. Yeah, so... That's true. It's not water. So um, for this one, we'd have independent variable would be water, and then dependent variable would be wet, uh, which is not water. All right, Michael. So what do you think is a good life principle in respect to purpose? So um, I think to live your best life is to face your utmost challenge. And only if the challenge, challenge is, is to your benefit, and if the satisfaction is of significance, taking the hardest of challenges that you face should not be your goal. Um, this is because your challenges are not your goals and so should not be your purpose unless if fixing them will not just satisfy you after you solve them but also provide you with satisfaction as you solve them. We took the time to interview Ms. Olson and Mr. Hoover of the Theology Department to see their thoughts on happiness and satisfaction.
I think both satisfaction and happiness are really complicated topics. Um, there's plenty of philosophers throughout the ages who have really emphasized happiness as our end goal of life. And I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, I can think of a lot of amazing people throughout history who were pretty miserable, but we remember them because they made important contributions. And so, yeah, I think there is a sense of, of satisfaction or I might say again, kind of fulfillment or fullness that we can attain without being, you know, giddy with happiness. I do think that there's a sense of a process. And I think that that process includes struggle. To some extent, satisfaction is important. But if we arrive at a point where we perceive ourselves to be satisfied, then why would we keep going? Why would we keep struggling? Why would we keep fighting? Why would we keep growing? And so I think we always kind of have to be at the edge of satisfaction, of, of wanting the majus and not sort of just being comfortable um, or satisfied with what we have. On the other hand, we can't sort of work ourselves into a state of misery. And so I think, you know, true satisfaction, true happiness comes with growing into the person who you are, you know, being the person God created you to be and extending that self-care to caring for other people. And I think ultimately that's where satisfaction and happiness lie, not because you're going to feel joyful all the time, uh, but because you're, you're on that path to becoming the person you're supposed to be and understanding God more fully and clearly. I don't overthink things when it comes to this topic. I'm, I tend not to, I think I'm a, a, a pretty reflective person, but I don't think I overthink where I am in life. I know that at one point, at some point, I mean, was, this is my 37th year in the classroom, and people who are in my, at this, I'm 58. Tom, don't you want to, be administrator and climb the ladder. Or are you satisfied with your where you are? And I'm like, absolutely. I, I being in the classroom, there's something tremendously rewarding. I find contentment there. And then the happiness comes out of that. So, I Monday, I love coming to be in in this context of a teacher in a classroom. And satisfaction sounds like a death knell like oh you're not going to grow but I, I, I don't need to climb a ladder to a higher accomplished state in my profession to be happy I walk down the hallways between classes and that's tremendously uh, satisfying and filled with moments of happiness just seeing the students interacting smiling laughing just that moment that's a, that's a microcosm of how I find happiness in my career. And home life is a whole different thing of happiness and satisfaction. I'm not sure if I'm going to go to that, but. It's known that the things around us and our own personal situations can seemingly affect our minds and ultimately what we decide to do with our futures. And I think that happiness and your satisfaction with what you're doing plays a huge role in that. This is Will Apollo with Mike Bidande. And we're out.